Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another edition of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. It's so great to have you here with us on this fine Tuesday. It's a Tuesday edition of Locked On Blue Devils, and today's show is brought to you by Sonos. Let me tell you about our good friends over at Sonos. Sonos. Experience the game like never before with Sonos Arc, the premium smart soundbar for TV, movies, music, gaming, and more. Visit Sonos.com to learn more. On today's show, Matthew Travis, my good friend from Busting Brackets and the Field of 68 Basketball Network, joins the program to talk all things Duke basketball ahead of their game tonight versus Clemson. So excited to welcome Matthew Travis back into today's program. Matthew, I appreciate the time. Let's talk a little bit about this Duke basketball team and a big win for them on Saturday versus Syracuse. Of course, after dropping the game against Florida State and Tallahassee on Tuesday, Duke needed Duke needed to come out strong against Syracuse and kind of it was kind of a get right game. Obviously, losing a game you shouldn't have against Florida State and losing it, and we'll get into that in a pretty brutal fashion, but. Um, it came out hot on Saturday. AJ Griffin was playing fantastic. It was really good to see him playing well. And uh, honestly, it was one of the better team games we've seen out of Duke this year. And to beat a Syracuse team who, granted, isn't very good now with that loss or one game below 500, but to beat them by 20 points is definitely a good sign, hopefully, to come to Duke with because they did that without Trevor Keels. And like I said, we'll probably get into that more here in a minute, but it was great to see them work together without such a big piece in Trevor Keels and be able to win a game you're supposed to win and do so by 20 points. Yeah, it took care of business. A good start from Duke, as we mentioned on yesterday's program, the Monday edition of Locked on Blue Devils. To recap it, Duke gets out to an 8-0 lead. At one point, they're up by 10 points really quickly into the game. In the first half, Syracuse cut it down to one. They made it a 16-15 basketball game with Duke winning by one. And then Duke went on a crazy run and never looked away. They led by 14 at halftime. They were winning by as many as 30-plus in the second half. Some walk-ons got into the game with five minutes left to play. Really, you've never seen Mike Krzyzewski bring walk-ons in that early into a basketball game. And yet here we are watching his grandson, Michael Savarino, Keening Worthington, some of those guys getting a chance to earn playing time. And for Duke, Without Trevor Keels, not only did A.J. Griffin had a great game shooting the ball as he's come on, but between Griffin and Wendell Moore Jr., Will, Mark Williams and Paulo Banquero all had 15 points. Really balanced scoring. They all had the same number. Yeah, uh, they were great. And something that honestly goes a little under the radar, Joey Baker had a great game. In the first half, he had, I believe, two, two threes. He made two threes. And... In the second half, he made one as well, ended up going three for six, and he had 11 points. He didn't have many rebounds, and only, he didn't have any rebounds and only had one assist. But to see him as a potential scoring option down the road is, would be huge for Duke because it, with, with everyone getting, you mentioned the walk-ons there, the bench combined for only 13 points. The starters combined... Of, of the 79 points Duke put up on Saturday, the starters combined for 66. So Duke needs a little help off the bench 
And if Joey Baker can maybe emerge as that guy, that would be really helpful for Duke because Theo John didn't get many minutes. He only got 14 minutes. And then Bates Jones, who we've seen get an increased role recently, only played seven minutes and he didn't score. So Duke is missing that sixth or seventh guy who can get points off the bench. And Joey Baker was able to be that for them on Saturday. But I mentioned it a moment ago. A.J. Griffin was the guy I was amazed with because obviously he had a slow start of the season with the injury and then getting reduced minutes. And now that he's officially starting, he's finally bursting into his own. And we've seen what he can maybe be down the road, which is a guy who can be the best player on the court for Duke if they need him to be when Paolo Boncaro or Mark Williams isn't being that. But all three of them and Wendell Moore were the best players on the court for in that game between Duke and Syracuse on Saturday. You mentioned there all four of them had 15 points and then Boncaro had 13 rebounds to add on to it for a double-double. So I was really, really pleased with obviously the four of them and then the play from Joey Baker off the bench. I was pretty disappointed with the play from Jeremy, Jeremy Roach, but I've come to expect that, especially after the Florida State game. Yeah, no, definitely there's a, a portion of the fan base that has their thoughts and opinions on the Jeremy Roach experience so far this season. Did have a career-high nine assists versus Syracuse, which you were able to do when you're sharing the basketball around the zone. Uh, as we mentioned, Joey Baker, I'm glad you brought him up because he did have a great game. He had that dunk in the second half, which his teammates got so excited for when he threw it down with the right hand. And let's talk more about A.J. Griffin, as you said, because it's a Duke basketball community that obsesses over recruiting rankings and where guys come in because they've become so elite at recruiting. A.J. Griffin, the second most regarded recruit of this freshman class behind Paolo, had the injuries kind of holding him back a little bit, and now all of a sudden we're seeing what he's made of. Mock drafts are uh, you know, echoing that with him climbing up those rankings and more at the next level. But uh, it's been fun to see him continue to improve and get more confident. Yeah, the one thing I was really impressed with on Saturday was how well he was shooting from three. Because he started out, he had, Duke, he, he had six points, Syracuse didn't have any. I think it was the first minute 20, he had two made threes on two attempts. And he was just looking fantastic early on. And he ended up shooting, making five of the nine threes he's made, which if he can be a six, six forward who can shoot threes at a high clip, he's going to be very, very difficult to guard. when you add him in with the mix of Wendell Moore, Paolo Boncaro and Mark Williams, Duke is going to be a very difficult team to beat. And it, it, it gives me a lot of hope to see how he's been shooting the three ball, but also how he's been playing in every other aspect of his game. And like I, like I said a second ago, he can be the best player on the court if Duke really needs him to be, but they don't really ever need him to be. He simply is just playing amazingly, and he's really been a breath of fresh air for Duke after that Ohio State loss and after everything else that has happened with all the COVID nonsense and everything else. It's nice to see him burst into his own now that he's starting and become a legitimate, legitimate threat on both ends of the ball for Duke. Matthew Travis from Busting Brackets and the Field of 68 joining us here on Locked on Blue Devils. Duke wins by 20 over Syracuse. We'll talk more about Duke moving forward after this quick timeout. 
Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. It's a new year, and that means a new updated desktop and mobile website for you to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure you use our promo code Locked On to get started. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. Welcome back into Locked On Blue Devils. My name is JJ Jackson. On this Tuesday, Duke gets set to take on Clemson at home a little bit later tonight. And a good buddy, Matthew Travis from Busting Brackets in the field of 68, joining us now, has done some work in the past for Ball Durham. Last time he was on the show, we talked about the 50 greatest players to uh, play for Mike Krzyzewski in his 42 years coaching that Matthew put together. So make sure you go check that out uh, and more. Duke gets set to play Clemson tonight. For the first time this season, they had their game at Clemson postponed. What are you thinking? Like, what thoughts do you have when you look at this matchup going into the game? I mean, Clemson is certainly one of the better teams in a very abysmal ACC, but they're still a Duke team Duke should handle without much of a problem. Um, and we, I believe we play them again in two weeks um, on, on the 10th. I believe that's the rescheduled game. But it... it it's at home. It shouldn't be a game Duke is, Duke should struggle with. But then again, we've seen Duke struggle with teams we thought they would handle easily. Um, hopefully Trevor Keels is back. Um, but that that situation is a little unclear. I would probably say he probably won't be back. Um, but if, if he is, it would be nice because the ball won't be in Jeremy Roach's hand as much, who has struggled in a huge way shooting the ball. As you mentioned, he had a career-high nine assists the other day against Syracuse, but um, if it would be big to get Trevor Keels back. Um, he can be a big part of the offense at times, and he doesn't even need the ball in his hands to be effective. Um, but I don't, Clem, Clemson's not a team I'm all too worried about. They're 11-8 and eight at this moment in time, so... Um, yeah, as I, I like, I said, I think I think it should be a game Duke shouldn't struggle with too much. And it feels like Duke has always responded this season and throughout, really, the the history of Coach K being there, following a loss that are going to respond against Syracuse, uh, which is even more so impressive because you didn't have Trevor Keels, you knew the zone defense was coming, and yet in the second half, Duke didn't care. They were going to find their good looks. They were knocking down shots from the outside. Fourteen made three pointers as a team. And on 30 made shots, 25 of them were assisted. So many times against a team that plays zone, I feel like you can get in a situation where guards want to attack off the dribble, get way too drive happy, as opposed to trying to set up open teammates for good looks. And like I said, Duke finished with 25 assists on 30 made shots. Yeah, and part of the reason for that is what we talked a lot about on the last time we spoke um, a couple weeks ago. It's the chemistry. One of the bi- one of the biggest things for this Duke right. team is the fact that they've been able to build chemistry. They've been able to play together, and they look like a unit, which we haven't seen in recent years. Re- in recent years, it's been it all. It almost felt like a bunch of guys who just happened to be wearing the same jersey. They it looked like they weren't had never played together, and they just happened to be playing for the same team. But this team has that chemistry, and they've been able to play together. And that that's why we had our sorry five players in double digits against Syracuse. They're they're playing as a unit rather than I'm going to do this and hopefully we win. 
they're playing collectively. And because of that, they've been able to help each other out. And in turn, it leads to Duke winning games easily or unfortunately we've seen them struggle in a couple games but majority of the time duke has won by a large margin because they've been able to play together and help each other out to get towards that end goal which is obviously to win the game all right so let's talk about it a little bit more we've got clemson coming up for duke as you mentioned they're 11 and 8 right now last time out duke played syracuse or on saturday and won by 20 of course they had 14 made three pointers how how important do you think that could be for duke going into another game tonight versus Clemson in terms of knocking down shots from the outside? Because, Matthew, I still think back to uh, a couple of things here. When you think about Duke basketball, the favorite thing for ESPN and these telecasts to put together is when Duke knocks down that first three-pointer. They want to remind you that this is the whatever it is, 800 millionth game in a row that Duke has knocked down a three-pointer. It's the longest active streak in Division One. They want to remind you of that. What I'm reminded of is that in the first game of the season versus Kentucky, an eight-point win for Duke, they only made one three-point shot. Now they're coming off a game where they made 14. Was it the zone? Was it the good looks that helped Duke shoot so well? Or are they finding a groove and turning the corner? I think it's a little bit of both. Obviously, when a team plays zone, you're going to have more ability to shoot that three because they're going to try and prevent you from getting to the rim. and it's gonna it's gonna prevent uh, present problems for you getting to the rim. But I also think Duke is coming to the, into their own, as you mentioned, made one in the first game of the season and just made fourteen. And Joey Baker off the bench was able to make three. So I, I I think it's being it's one becoming comfortable with each other where they know where each other will be, so they'll they they are able to dish it out and find them, give them an open, give their teammates an open shot. But I also think they're just shooting the ball a lot better. Um, And we talked about AJ Griffin. He's been a huge reason why that three ball has been going in more. He's, I I think, hovering right around 50% on the season, which is incredible for a forward. Yeah. But um, I think overall the team as a whole is just shooting really well. And they're, they're not taking, for the most part, they are taking a couple. But they are, for the most part, they're taking good shots. So they're fine. They're getting open. They're finding their teammates and giving them a chance to knock down threes at a high rate. And we've seen the effects. However, Duke doesn't live and die by the three. They are more than capable of getting to the rim and setting each other up in the paint, which is good because if the threes aren't falling, that doesn't necessarily mean, oh, Duke is definitely going to lose because they're not making their threes. There are various other teams around the country who that is the case for, but Duke is not one of those teams, which is good because they they can kill you in so many ways, and it just makes Duke such a difficult team to defend. One week ago, Duke basketball took on Florida State, a tough loss for the Blue Devils in overtime. A week later, they look to pick up a win on the Tuesday tonight against Clemson, talking with Matthew Travis from Busting Brackets. And, of course, he's a producer with the field of 68. We'll discuss what went wrong for Duke a week ago and how they can correct those issues moving throughout the rest of the season after our final timeout of today's podcast. Hey, Duke fans, this is JJ Jackson with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. I'm talking about GetUpside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code SCORE 
and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back total for you. Download the app for free. Use promo code SCORE and get up to 50 cents cash back on your first tank. You can cash out at any time to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code SCORE to get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. That's code SCORE. Final few moments here today on Locked On Blue Devils. Duke gets set to take on Clemson a little bit later tonight, 7 o'clock Eastern time on ESPN2 as the Blue Devils face Brad Ronell and the Clemson Tigers. All right, so I mentioned it a week ago. Duke loses 79-78 to Florida State, a game that Duke led at halftime. And then for the first 10 minutes of the second half, I have no idea what happened to the offense for Duke. And quite frankly, I don't think anyone really did. They go over 10 minutes into the second half before Paulo Bancaro, the best player in the country, takes a shot. And uh, Duke struggled, was able to get a two-point lead. Credit to Florida State for making a really tough shot right before the buzzer to force overtime, and they walk away with a one-point victory. Is there one thing, Matthew, or anything that you've sort of seen in these losses that does concern you a little bit about Duke? The fact that we had 15 turnovers to Florida State's five is obviously the main thing. you're gonna, anyone is going to point to because anytime you have you only force five turnovers in a game, it's probably not going to end up too well for you because you you got to play better defense. You get you got to force more than five turnovers, but Duke wasn't able to do that. But the other thing that just made absolutely zero sense to me, and I tweeted it, and a couple of people agreed with it. But why did Jeremy Roach try to draw draw a charge with six seconds left? up one point in an overtime game. He was, they were dribbling into the corner where they would have had to force up a shot, right. probably behind the backboard. And instead, Jeremy Roach tries to draw a charge, instead gets called for the block. He puts them on the free throw line. They hit both. We end up losing by one. That makes absolutely no sense. You just need to D up and hope they miss. If they make it, you can live with it. But you in no in under no circumstances can you willingly put them on the free throw line with a chance to p- take the lead with six seconds left to go. And that is exactly what Jeremy Roach did. They took 25 free throws, 25. You that's just not a, only turning the ball over five times and then allowing them to take 25 free throws is not a winning formula. And then making boneheaded decisions such as trying to draw a charge instead of just Ding up and hoping to force up a bad shot, you can't be doing that. And because of that, Duke ended up losing a game that they should have won. And there was, a, there was just a lack of aggression at the start of the second half. It's still a week later. I know it's important to turn the page, but it, look, it's a, it's a basketball team that has its flaws, and not every night are you going to be at your best. But as I said, in the second half, there's over a 10-minute stretch where Paulo Bancaro, the best player in the country, doesn't take a shot. It's not like he wasn't getting the ball either, although Duke did struggle sometimes getting the ball into him in the post. Sometimes Paulo had the ball himself at the top of the key. We mentioned Joey Baker, who had a good game versus Syracuse versus Florida State. Joey had a couple of open looks, Matthew, as you're remembering, and just didn't pull the trigger for whatever reason. It just felt like in moments in that game, there were, I don't know if it was confidence, I don't know what it was, but it just did not look like that Duke team had any offensive rhythm whatsoever 
And that's what concerns me. Yeah. I, I, I mean, they shot the bell ball. Well, they just simply weren't getting enough shots up. I mean, Duke took 55 shots and shot 49.1%. Yeah. Florida that's state good. is not shooting the ball. Well, they, yeah, they, that, that should win you a basketball game, but Florida state took 73 shots and they only made 26 of those. However, you allowed them to get to the free throw line 25 times, and they made 20 of those 25 free throws. They only shot 35.6% from the field, 35.6. And from behind the arc, they shot 28%, while Duke shot 43.5 behind the arc and 49.1% overall. It makes absolutely no sense. And Duke just has to be taking more shots. And you mentioned Joey Baker. I, I think it was a confidence thing. He didn't want to ruin Duke's chances of winning a game. And hopefully after the Syracuse game, maybe he, ha- he has a little shot of confidence because he played well. But um, I don't, I don't, it, it, it was a lack of aggression. It was a horrible display of defense. And it, as I mentioned, it was Jeremy Roach getting a blocking call instead of yeah. ding up. But it, it was just a storm of bad things. It was just a storm of bad things in the second half and over time, which led to a loss. But that, that's just not a game Duke should have lost now. Because of it, they'll probably end up pulling outside the top 10. And it, to, to have two losses and we're not even out of the first month of ACC play, sorry, two losses in conference play, and we're not, not even on is not at all where I thought Duke would be because they, they shouldn't they shouldn't lose a single ACC game. Obviously, they're going to lose at least two or three because you're never going to get their ACC play undefeated. But I did not I did not think we would have two losses within the first month and be sitting at third in the ACC with a five and two conference record. But that's where we are. Duke has their work cut out for them. Um, hopefully, it starts tonight against Clemson in a game you should definitely win and hopefully start a winning streak going into the next couple games where they will have to play Notre Dame, Louisville, and then obviously UNC in Chapel Hill. So um, hopefully, hopefully the Syracuse win shoots, gives them a shot of confidence. Hopefully Trevor Keels gets back and we'll see what happens. But that, that Florida State game, I, I really just put it on the defense, allowing them to take 73 shots. They took 20 more shots than Duke did. 20 more. And they were at the line seven more times and ended up making six more free throws than we did. That's the difference in the game. If you don't put them on the line 25 times, you don't lose in overtime by one point. So it's really just a, I don't know if it's laziness or lack of aggression or whatever it is, but um, I would definitely put the Florida State game on the defensive display or lack of that Duke put up on last Tuesday night. We're playing at home versus Clemson again tonight, ESPN2, 7 o'clock Eastern time to watch the game. Of course, make sure you can listen to it on the Blue Devil Network with our friends David Shoemate on the play-by-play working with John Roth. It's always fun to listen to the radio guys do what they do. ESPN, their basketball power index, gives Duke an 88% chance of winning this one. Matthew gave you the record a little bit earlier. Clemson is 11-8. and eight. Overall on the season, they are three and five in the ACC, including uh, losing four of their last six ACC games. They kind of got a, a, a get back right game this past weekend, taking on Pittsburgh, where they won by 27. But it's Pittsburgh, and as much as we hate to say it with Jeff Capel there, 
That's a lousy basketball team. Hopefully playing at home tonight, we'll be able to see uh, the Cameron Crazies back in full force. And, uh, and, and yeah, we'll move forward from there. I want to talk about that. I mentioned this a little bit earlier uh, in the week on the podcast. Speaking of those Cameron Crazies, did you happen to see the, the Krzyzewskiville quiz that was put out on Twitter, Matthew? I did. So one of my best friends um, from high school, he goes to Duke. He's a senior there, and he's part of a group that is um, obviously took the quiz, and uh, they're in the process of camping. And it, it it's crazy the amount of work that goes into studying for that quiz, and then the ridiculous questions they have on that quiz. I mean, how old is Theo John's dog? What is his name? What is what is Nolan Smith reacting to? Which obviously it was a Keenan put back dunk, which was awesome. Um, Keenan's an awesome guy. I know him pretty well, but it it it's crazy. And my friends group. Um, so for those of you who don't know how it works, it's a little different this year because of COVID. But they have groups of twelve. And so they have to have, I, I believe it's two during the day at 24 seven and then six at night. So normally it's a little different with, um, when COVID's not in place, they have blue, white, and black tanning, and there are a bunch of restrictions for that. Um, but with COVID, they, ha- they have to have six at night. So they're pretty much going to be sleeping in a tent every other day for what, a month, yeah. uh, a month and a half, something like that. And it, it's great. It, I love the amount of dedication that goes into the Duke basketball program. And it's, it's incredible. And that's why Cameron indoor is the hardest place to play in the country and continues to have the best fans. It's, it, it's really incredible. And coach K's last game will most at Cameron indoor will most definitely be special and memorable. And hopefully uh, the product on the court is as well. Yeah, I would say Duke basketball, their fans are like passion personified and, and just a visual representation of that, right? And then you see these quizzes that they have to score well enough on, 67 questions, and the results of it kind of help you get better odds of getting into certain games and that sort of thing. But you mentioned some of the questions there. We've got NIL deals now with players getting their own branding together and that sort of thing, and we're asking them to draw the logos of Trevor Keel's and Theo John. And so, I mean, it's just unbelievable. Some of the questions that were on that, it was a whole lot of fun to uh, sort of talk about that on yesterday's podcast and that sort of thing. Matthew, you're the best man. This is always a whole lot of fun when we do this. Tell me one more time about busting brackets and uh, plug your social media as well. Of course. So I, um, I write for busting brackets. It's the fan sided college basketball site. Um, I write a a lot about Duke. I write a good bit about Alabama as well because I'm a student at Alabama. Write a lot about the ACC as a whole, power rankings, SEC power rankings, stuff like that. Um, so you can find that bustingbrackets.com. And then my Twitter is just Matthew J. Travis underscore. That's Matthew with two T's. Um, and yeah, feel free to interact with me there. I tweet a lot about Duke, a lot about just sports in general. So um, as JJ knows, but Thank you for being on the show today, man. We'll have to do this again sometime soon. I appreciate it. Of course, I appreciate it. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. Make sure you subscribe and follow this podcast right now. Also, go ahead and check out the Locked On ACC podcast, Candace Cooper, with a great breakdown of everything going on in the conference. That's going to do it for today's show. As always, go do. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.